Today's question, can tourism boost Jamaica's economic recovery? That is what we are going to talk and going to discuss today. Um, but before we do that, let me know if you can see and hear me loud and clear. Just want to make sure that the tech is working. Um, yeah, feel free to use the chat, um, the comment section down below, hit the like button um, if you enjoy the content. And of course, let me know where you're from, what industry you are in, and uh, yeah, any questions that you might have. So let me open my slides here. So the reason why I yeah, thought talking about this topic um, you know, could be a good idea, or could be interesting, besides the fact that I talked about it um, I think last year um, a little bit about in some of the past live streams so feel free to check out yeah, my past talks and subscribe to the YouTube channel. Um, the main reason why I want to talk about it today um, is because of the fact that yeah, over the last weeks or over the last months um, yeah, I saw a lot of Jamaican politicians um, yeah, kind of repeatedly um, praying for the return of the tourists um, to Jamaica. And therefore, I thought it would be a good idea to explore the question if that's actually a long-term viable strategy and if the tourists actually going to come back. So status quo, let's have a look at um, yeah, Jamaica right now from an economic and from a strategic perspective. Yeah. As you probably know, Jamaica has a population of 3 million roundabout. The GDP per capita is about 5,000 US dollar unemployment rate around 8.5%. And the main experts are aluminum, tourism, chemicals, and mineral fuels. And um, yeah, according to COVID, around 25% of the population is vaccinated. And when we then yeah, look a little bit more at the economic side of things, and we'll dive in that a um, little deeper in a second, we see that over the yeah, last 30 years, Jamaica more and more reduced um, their exports from other sectors, for example, aluminum uh, and the agricultural sector and increased over time um, yeah, the part of the GDP that comes from tourism, meaning yeah, other industry shrunk and tourism sector grew over, yeah, let's say, the last decades. And when we look at the actual exports, um, export industries um, besides tourism, well, technically, yeah, or not technically, but tourism is, of course, not really exporting um, people um, yeah, visiting the island. But from an economic perspective, we're talking about experts here. So and what we see um, yeah, around two thirds of the GDP, of the exports, um, not the GDP of the exports um, attribute to um, yeah, some form of aluminum product, aluminum oxide or aluminum ore, um, refined petroleum and then some form of agricultural produce or product, hard liquor, other processed fruits and nuts, and so on. 
you can find all this data at oaoeec.world. And when we then look, um, okay, where does all these products actually go? Where does Jamaica um, yeah, primarily export their goods and services? And of course, where are their tourists coming from? Then we can see um, because of the geographic situation, of course, that um, yeah, North America, meaning United States and Canada are by far the biggest trading partners um, of Jamaica at the current state. And then of course comes Europe and then a little bit of China, uh, Asia and Africa. And I think the reason why um, yeah, a lot of politicians or there's so much talking around um, the tourism sector right now is of course because of the fact that um, yeah, in 2019 almost 30 percent of the Jamaican GDP was attributed to travel, tourism and the hospitality industry. And then with 2020 when the pandemic hit, um, yeah, that of course contracted, decreased to 10, 11, 12 percent, depending on the data you are looking at. So I think it's fair to say that from roughly 30 percent, um, it went down to 10 percent, meaning we saw a 20 percent, um, yeah, or 20 percent points rather, um, decrease in the tourism sector here. And um, when we then look at the GDP development um, after inflation on, on 2015, um, yeah, basis or, or uh, starting point, then um, we see that, yeah, of course, that um, was a really hard hit for the Jamaican economy. Um, we saw a big contraction and again, mainly or a big part, a big chunk of that came because, yeah, if you have a third of your GDP dependent on the tourism sector and if that tourism sector then shrinks around two thirds, then you will feel that in your overall economy. So I think it's fair to say, yeah, Jamaica increased its dependency on tourism over the last decade or maybe decades, but especially over the last decade. And um, yeah, any GDP growth that we saw over the last 10 years came primarily from the tourism sector. So I think that's pretty clear when we look at the data and um, yeah, now let's um, assess that a little bit, look at the pros and cons, because again, everything has two sides. There is no yeah, perfect solution here. So what are the pros? Uh, what are the pros? Um, of course, um, yeah, a lot of jobs um, are directly correlated or directly dependent um, on the tourism industry. It's not so easy to get really reliable data here, um, depending on the data source you are looking at. And if you're talking about direct employment and then, yeah, uh, maybe third and second grade effects where people directly um, yeah, are dependent on the tourism sector, but something around 100 to 250,000 jobs that are directly attributed to the tourism industry. Often, of course, in the hotel and, and hospitality industry and a lot of yeah, taxi and, and travel um, offers for the tourists. The second big 
Yeah, plus is of course um, that because all that uh, money that flows into the country, um, a lot of US dollars that comes into the country, um, the government takes their fair, well, that's maybe disputable, but they take their share and therefore, um, yeah, the government, of course, has a big interest because that's one of their biggest income streams. And then they can use that money to invest in infrastructure, invest in education, invest in healthcare, and so on, meaning use that money overall to yeah, raise the standard of living, the life quality of its citizens, at least in theory. But I think um, we can agree on that, that over the last years, over the last decades, we saw a lot of yeah, infrastructure investments and a lot of progress. Of course, there's still a long way to go. What of you know, what are, what are the negative negative effects that we can see in that context? Again, we have two major pros. We have a lot of jobs that are getting created, and we have a lot of tax income for the government that then can be reinvested into the country infrastructure, education, healthcare, and so on. So let's have a look at the downside. I think it's not a really smart long-term decision to selling your limited beachfront property. And I don't really care if we talk about selling in the literal sense or, or renting out or leasing or whatever, um, that real estate, especially when you're an island, um, is limited. And even right now, I think it's really hard to even find a yeah, piece of beach um, where you can go without, you know, uh, visiting the hotel first or that belongs to a big resort chain. So um, that is a strategy that has its natural growth limits because you only have that amount of yeah, real estate that you can sell, that you can rent out. So the only way to long-term increase your income here is to yeah, raise your prices. And there is at some point in time a certain limit um, that yeah, visitors or tourists are willing to pay compared to other um, yeah, travel destinations. Um, Jamaica is quite expensive when you compare it to other options that are available in the region, for example, Mexico or maybe other Caribbean islands or maybe even South America. So I think you have to be very careful if you yeah, bet on this strategy. The second um, big problem that comes with that, um, yeah, with that strategy is that the profits that are generated by these big hotel chains or these big resorts um, often go to the overseas uh, mother or the overseas holding companies, meaning these chains are often not owned by you know, Jamaicans or the Jamaican government or so on, meaning, um, yeah, you're basically selling the real estate someone else is making money out of that and you get the short-term increase from the sale but long-term all the profits basically leave the country what they are leaving behind is often a lot of environmental damage um, i think jamaica is kind of aware of that and then um, yeah make sure that um, they kind of 
preserve and protect their natural um, environment. And I think that's super important, but nonetheless, um, no matter how careful you are um, that produce costs, you need to make sure to yeah, maintain um, the, the ecological systems. You need to maintain, um, yeah, you need to clean up beaches, you need to clean up um, nature and so on, meaning that just costs money. Maybe not, not immediately, but someone has to pay for the cleanup, to put it very simple. And um, yeah, I think that's one part of the equation that we shouldn't um, forget. Then, of course, um, from a more global or geopolitical strategic perspective, um, when you have 30% of your GDP coming from tourism, you're just super dependent on the global economy, for example. Yeah, as you can see here from the Jamaican Tourist Board, in 2019, there were around yeah, a little bit more than 4 million visitors per year. And then in the pandemic, that dropped to a little bit more than 1 million, 1.3 million to be exactly, to be exact. And um, yeah, that just makes you very dependent on any economic um, shock that the global markets hit or makes you very dependent from yeah, the countries where your tourists or your visitors are coming from, for example, um, yeah, let's again think about the fact that Jamaica is rather expensive compared to other um, yeah, travel destinations. Um, we see a high inflation in, uh, or at least increasing inflation in the US right now. We see increasing gas prices, we see increasing uh, travel costs and so on. And uh, at the end of the day, a holiday is always a luxury item. So I think it's fair to say, um, yeah, that there is the possibility that we will never see the pre-pandemic um, levels of visitors to the Jamaican island uh, of tourists just because, um, yeah, it's too expensive for the average American or average Canadian and um, they rather choose cheaper options or don't travel and don't go to yeah, holiday at all. So I think we need to keep that in mind and to make sure we keep that, be aware that that is a possibility. But even if the visitors come back, even if the tourists come back and bring their money with them, um, in my experience, the average Jamaican doesn't really benefit from that. Because when we look here at this map um, from Jamaica and the population distribution, we see that most of Jamaicans live in the south, live in the Kingston area, just when we look at the population density. And as you know, most of the tourists are at the northern coast in the northwest area, Montego Bay, Negril, Rios, and so on, where all the big resorts and all the big hotel chains are, meaning um, yeah, the small Jamaican, the average Jamaican um, was maybe renting out an Airbnb or whatever, or, yeah, whatever way you get in contact with the tourists are often um, yeah, just too far away where the tourists are. And again, only the bigger organizations, only the bigger companies actually benefit from the tourists. So the question is, does the average Jamaican really benefit if the tourists come back? Conclusion, I think, um, yeah, tourism is no viable long-term economic strategy for 
no country uh, in general, um, but also definitely not um, for Jamaica. And let me explain why. I think over the last 10 years, we saw a kind of sugar high effect in the Caribbean as well, or maybe in Jamaica specifically, uh, when we talk about tourism, because the world was booming. Um, yeah, we were in a very bull market. Everybody was making money. There was a lot of money in the system. And um, yeah, travel was cheap and therefore people traveled a lot. And yeah, countries like Jamaica benefit, benefited from that influx of money. But um, yeah, like a donut or any uh, sweet stuff, it's a kind of cheap and short lasting energy influx that on the long term causes degeneration because as we saw earlier your other industries in that case um yeah don't really get the attention uh, and the resources and the investments that they need to grow or at least to keep up with gdp growth and um yeah you are very tempted as a businessman as a politician whoever makes the decision um, if a foreign investor comes and say hey um i buy or build a hotel or a resort or whatever here um, i invest money for in the infrastructure and um, yeah bring tourists into the country of course that gives you a lot of money on the short term but i think it's not really lasting and it's not really sustainable one of the reasons or some of the reasons i mentioned earlier on so the question then becomes what should we do what can be solutions, um, what can be steps that Jamaica can take to make sure um, yeah, they actually have a long-term viable economic strategy. And as a general rule, I would hardly or would strongly suggest um, that Jamaica needs to diversify. You need to yeah, distribute your risks on yeah, more on different area so that you're not have that kind of yeah that kind of how do you call that core risk or concentrated risk is rather a better term so that you don't have a concentrated risk that when one income stream breaks away in that case tourism um, your whole economy gets threatened another thing that i think is important to keep in mind that in my opinion global trade will change or is already changing massively, meaning we are kind of at the brink of deglobalization again the last 30 years, 40 years, and especially last 10 years, where a period of yeah, growth and you know, cheap growth, basically, and global trade. And when we look at this map, we can see that um, when we look at the global trade, we have basically four big trade choke points, Malacca Strait, Strait of Hormuz, and the Suez canal and then of course in the caribbean the or closer to the caribbean the panama canal and you maybe remember what um, happened last year 2021 i think it was when that one um, cargo ship got stuck in the suez canal that kind of disrupted global supply chains for weeks if not even months and um, yeah caused billions in damage and um, when we then add to that, um, yeah, that we see yeah, 
kind of energy crisis um, around the world, uh, fuel crisis around the world, and um, yeah, maybe more conflicts arising in the U.S. Um, as the global navy, global police force, kind of yeah, retracting back to their home and focusing more on the home um, areas, at least from a geographic perspective, because they are now kind of energy and oil sufficient. They don't need the oil from the Middle East. Um, now all these trade routes become um, yeah, more insecure, it become, they become riskier and therefore more expensive. And I think um, yeah, Jamaica is very close to one of these choke points, to one of these trade routes with the Panama Canal. And I think that can be a long-term strategic advantage because um, I think it's worth thinking about the, the option or at least the long-term strategic goal to yeah, think about the Kingston Harbor as a yeah, big trade hub in the Western and the Northern Hemisphere or North America. So what is that? Caribbean, somewhere in between. Um, and that's the big advantage. Jamaica is really in the middle, meaning um, yeah, between the Panama Canal, between South America, between North America, and of course, between Europe. And um, yeah, it's an English speaking country, a relatively secure country compared to maybe Cuba or, or maybe Haiti, um, Haiti and other countries in the area. And it has a really big and deep harbor in Kingston that is actually suitable for yeah, big container ships or for big global trade. So if you think about the idea and say, hey, we have one of these big global trade cho choke points here and yeah, trade will become more complicated and supply chains uh, will become more important in the future. Countries will look yeah, to get safer routes and get stuff closer to home. I think, um, yeah, at least for the Americas, Jamaica has a very good strategic position here. But of course, we need to use that. <clears throat> So when we look again at the industries um, Jamaica is exporting right now, um, I think the major strategic advice that I would, would give is to focus more on value added products. Um, what do I mean by that besides, besides diversifying industries? For example, let's take um, Germany as an example here. Um, why is Germany one of the yeah, richest countries in the world and one of the most um, yeah, biggest um, exporters in the, on the global market because what Germany basically really does is we import yeah, raw materials, steel and whatnot. Then we yeah, refine it, we produce it to cars or tanks or weapons and other stuff, machines usually, and then we export them. And in that step between, that's where the actual value is added, meaning we can import relatively cheap materials and then export relatively expensive products. And that's at least over the last decades how Germany made most of their money. The question is, of course, is that sustainable? Because again, um, global trade routes are uh, or will become riskier, therefore it will become more expensive to import raw materials and it will also be more become more expensive to produce stuff just because energy costs are rising and um, yeah Germany is especially dependent on energy in that case Russian energy 
um, yeah, another reason or another example why you should not be dependent, if, no matter what area, on one big player, but also always make sure that you diversify and yeah, diversify your risk and your dependencies. So, so this is um, yeah, well, a big industrialized uh, economy like Germany does it in the, or did it in the past. Question is, are they able to do it in the future? The big advantage that um, Jamaica has in my eyes is again, it's very central in all these trade routes, um, as you can see on the map. Um, but I would not recommend, for example, to focus too much uh, on yeah, mining aluminium and um, just exporting that as a raw material. Besides the fact that, as, that this often comes with a lot of environmental problems um, in cockpit country, there's a lot of conflict with the locals there, um, which are complaining in my eyes rightfully. So that yeah, just the environment gets destroyed to get the ore out of the ground. And again, that's not really where you can make a lot of money because again, raw materials on a global market are usually relatively cheap and you can't really, um, yeah, you don't really get paid much for it. So what would I recommend? Um, as we saw earlier, a lot of agricultural products are already some part um, or a bigger chunk, like 10% um, of the Jamaican economy. And I think um, that should be at least worth thinking about, meaning you have the opportunity to produce the raw materials at home, sugarcane and whatever you need. Um, then you can refine it, meaning distill it in that case, and for example, export a value-added product, the world-famous Jamaican rum, for example. And I'm sure there are other products that you can create. So that would be one example use agricultural products but don't export them raw refine them export them then or and i will talk about that topic um, in detail next week um, next thursday so i want to invite you to yeah, subscribe to the channel to connect with me on linkedin and um, yeah to put that date in your calendar because we will talk about how cannabis can be an economic driver for jamaica in the future same here, um, you can produce the product at home, you can refine it at home in Jamaica and then export it to the global market where you then can ask for yeah, higher prices um, than for the raw materials and there's actually a demand for it. So to get to the end of this presentation or to my conclusion, again, if you have any questions, um, feel free to put them in the chat. There's usually a 30-second yeah, delay till I see them. Nonetheless, feel free to put them in there right now, and then I will try to answer them later on. So I repeat myself, but I think 30% GDP from tourism is way too much. Um, I like that kind of graphic here. Um, yeah, if you sit on a, a three-legged stool and one of these um, legs um, gets unstable, um, that sooner or later the whole construction will collapse. And I think, um, yeah, on the left side, we see the last or the first chair with three legs is probably the last 10 years, relatively stable. A lot of people visited the country, a lot of tourists from the US, uh, Canada and Europe. 
then with the COVID um, pandemic that almost dried out completely. Um, that's where we are right now. We see that yeah, shaking stool and you know, politicians desperately try to yeah, kind of hold that or, or pray for yeah, new visitors to come. And if they can't fix this, either with yeah, attracting new tourists, new visitors, or um, yeah, building up other industries, um, then the Jamaican economy probably is going to collapse. I hope that will not happen. We will see how quick the Jamaican economy can yeah, adjust or recover in that case. So I think Jamaica needs a new long-term sustainable business model um, with a clear vision. And um, yeah, in my eyes, that vision shouldn't be um, to sell your most valuable real estate to foreigners and let them make all the money out of it. And uh, yeah, your own population, your own people um, don't even have beach access without paying for it. Um, focus on education, make sure that you actually have the labor force, uh, the, yeah, the workforce that is skilled enough to um, yeah, create these value added products. Again, we didn't even talk about information technology, IT, coding, uh, software, and so on. That's a whole nother sector, but just on very basic industries that are already existing. I think with education, we can do a lot here. And then, of course, generally speaking, make sure that you not only produce a raw material, but rather add value, refine products, uh, meaning yeah, with the sugarcane example, you get sugar cane, you grow sugarcane, you don't sell the sugar, you turn it into rum, and then you sell the rum. Um, that way, yeah, you can increase your profits or your sale price um, by multiple. And the general goal, and I think, or I hope, I communicated that through the last 30 minutes is to reduce your external economic dependencies. Again, I think, um, yeah, for the last decades, we lived in a kind of dream world of globalization, um, yeah, free trade, um, yeah, global growth and um, kind of global security. And um, that was very tempting for Caribbean countries um, then to focus only on tourism as the main source of income, I think that was a mistake. Nonetheless, I think there's enough time to correct that mistake, but we need to do that now, meaning don't focus on more investments in the tourism sector. Um, yeah, hopefully that will recover, maybe, maybe not, um, but make sure um, that you build up the other industries so that you are on the long term not dependent on foreign visitors or foreign money and reduce your external economic dependency in general. That being said, thanks for watching. Thanks for taking the time joining me today. If you have any questions, um, as always, put them in the chat in the comment section. I'm more than happy to read and answer them. If you're not connected on LinkedIn yet, feel free to do so and to reach out to me. And um, yeah, if you liked what you heard, um, if you like the content, um, feel free to give it a like, share it with your friends, colleagues, team members, um, subscribe to the YouTube channel. You can also subscribe to my weekly publication, my weekly newsletter, where I share my thoughts and ideas about strategy, economy, 
and global uh, geopolitical stuff and everything else that I found interesting and is related to Caribbean and business. All right, I hope to see you next time. I hope to see you next week. Until then, have a good one. Bye-bye.